God uses evil people to accomplish His work and His will. And we have to understand that. God's in control of everything. And He uses evil people to bring down nations and countries and churches. Because God is God. He's the ruler of the kingdom of God. He's the ruler of everything. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're happy to have you with us today for our continued focus on the inspiring faith journeys of biblical believers. Pointing to the unwavering commitment of a young man named Daniel, Raul will encourage you to stand strong in an age of widespread rebellion against God. Stay with us to see that the Lord will richly bless your undivided devotion just as he blessed Daniel for refusing to obey a heathen king. Today's lesson is titled, God's Chosen Vessel. Here's Raul Reese. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel was called by God, called by God, to be that man and his friends to show and to demonstrate that God is bigger than Babylon. I like that. Bigger than Babylon. Babylon was a great nation, had defeated a lot of nations. And God gave the power to Babylon to go ahead and to take Judah, their people, and to bring them to Babylon as they would become Babylon slaves. In the past, he gave Pharaoh the power for the people of God to become slaves for 400 years. Today we're living in a time that the church needs to wake up before it's too late. And the Babylonians had a great king. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. He came, he attacked Jerusalem. When he attacked Jerusalem, he went ahead and got allowed. And God was behind the whole siege. Because God spoke to Daniel. God spoke to Jeremiah, Isaiah. And God would always speak and say, you know what? I'm going to use evil nations to bring my people to their knees. He did with uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. He used to Syria. Babylon, Assyria, the Medes and the Persians. He used the Greeks. He used the Romans. And who's he using today? I mean, think about that. We're living in some incredible days that people don't study the word of God. They really don't know what's going on. And they're going to be deceived. This prophecy took place on the third year, 606 to 605 B.C. He's raising up a man that he's going to use as the king of Babylon to spank his people. But among the people of God, and even to the present time, there's always a remnant that God has. Those who really want to worship God. Those that are willing to sacrifice their lives for God. Those that are willing to say, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to give in to the world. And this king 
that God had raised even in the city of Jerusalem. Jehoiakim, let's read verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, he was raised instead of his brother. God raised him instead of Jehoash, the 17th king of Judah. There were 20, 17 kings. In the northern kingdom, was every king was evil. In Judah, he had a lot of good kings, but a lot of bad kings too. But here God raises up Jehoiakim, and he's going to use Babylon to take him down and to take him into captivity. Incredible. In Jeremiah 46, 2, he says, Against Egypt, concerning the army of Pharaoh, Necho, king of Egypt, which was by the river Euphrates and uh, Conquerish, and which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, defeated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. God allowed, notice, Babylon to defeat Egypt, and then he gave them over to the Jews, to who? To Judah. I want you to defeat Judah now. I want you to take my people and spank them. They don't listen to me, so I'm going to make them listen by taking them to Babylon. Verse 2, he says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands. Into the hands of who? Nebuchadnezzar. And some of the articles of the house of God in which he carried into the land of Shinar or Babylon, the house of his God, Bel or Marduk, the chief God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Now, if you haven't read the book of Genesis and you go through history, you got to understand that Shinar, that you see here, was not only the city of Babylon, but when you go back into the Old Testament, you begin to see that there was one person by the name of Nimrod. Nimrod, the one that not only became an evil person in the Old Testament, but he was wiping out people. Shinar. And the term here for Babylon, the ancient name was Nimrod ruled. In Genesis chapter 10, verse 10, 11, 2, and chapter 14, verse 1. There seems to be always an evil leader, or maybe a lot of evil leaders. And yet God's allowing these young men to be captured by the Babylonians, and God has a certain remnant of young people that he allows the king of Babylon to say, I want you to take this one and this one and this one and this one, and I want you to go and what? And use them in your kingdom. Daniel didn't understand what was going on and his three friends, but God knew. Nebuchadnezzar did not know what was going on in choosing these young men. Who put it in his heart? The Lord put it in his heart. An evil king. God uses evil people to accomplish his work and his will. And we have to understand that. God's in control of everything. And he uses evil people to bring down nations and countries and churches. Because God is God. He's the ruler of the kingdom of God. He's the ruler of everything. Everything he rules. And so you see in verse 2, and then all of a sudden, you come to that verse 3, and he says, And then the king instructed Athenias, the chief of the court, the master of the eunuchs, he says, to bring some of the children of Israel to some of the king's descendants of some of the nobles. So here, the king 
is letting know the officer, I want you to give me some of the kids in the kingdom of Judah, and I want you to bring them into my kingdom, and I want you to train them. Daniel and his three friends. He says, young men in whom there was no blemish, good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. Notice, understanding. And who had the ability to serve in the king's palace. God gave him the heart of servanthood. To be a servant. In whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. And for three years of the training for them so that the end of that time they might serve before the king. Notice the king said, I want you to train him for three years and I want you, this will be their diet completely and fully. Well, Daniel feels, hey, we can't eat what you guys eat. You eat pork, you eat, <laughs> you drink blood, you got all these things that the Jews don't really believe in, and God in his word so you can't do that. So Daniel makes a stand. It could be his head. He makes a stand. And what's really, to me, incredible is that God already had given them what to do and what not to do in the Mosaic law. And listen, Verse 6. And now from among those, the sons of Judah, were Daniel, his name means God is my judge. Hananiah means the Lord has been gracious. Mishael means he, the one who comes from God. Azariah means the Lord is my helper. All these gods had biblical names of every one of these men. And here Daniel and these four young men in Babylon, as they're standing there giving out their names, all of a sudden, one thing that's going to happen, brainwashing, is we're going to change our names to Babylonian names. We're going to change our names. Imagine what it must have been like. Verse 7. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. Notice. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar. Bel, protect the king. Notice. Shadiach, command of Aku, one of the gods. Abednego, a servant of Nebo, a god of vegetation. You have these names being changed by the king of Babylon. He wants to make sure that these Hebrews become Babylonians. That they get brainwashed for now they bow their knee to Marduk. Their knees to who? To not only to Nebuchadnezzar, but his gods that he worships in. And yet the key factor on this brainwashing process, God does not allow it to happen. Why? Because they're not willing to allow the king to brainwash them. And I think that as I read the scriptures and I was just blown away by what God is doing, that Daniel, God is my judge because Belshazzar, Baal protects the king. And Hananiah, the Lord is gracious, was changed to Shadiach, command of a coup. And other Babylonian gods, Mishael, meaning who is like the Lord, was given the name Meshach, who is what a coup is. And then Azariah, the Lord is my helper, to Abednego, servant of Nego, also called Nego, a god of vegetation. So all four of names were changed. And then Daniel obeys God. 
This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Pastor Raul would like to invite you on an incredible Footsteps of Paul tour. The dates are November 6th through 16th, 2024. Go to somebodylovesyou.com to get all the information. Now back to the final part of our study. Notice his request in verse 8 and 9. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. He already made up his mind. Look, he says, I serve Jehovah God. You guys want me to do this, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't betray my God. I have to obey what the Bible says or what the Word of God says. And when I read the Word of God, the Word of God tells me that I cannot eat anything. Anything that is going to bring me not only in a place where I defile the Word of God, but I betray the Lord God. He doesn't compromise in any way, he says. Again. Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He wasn't afraid. He says, look kid, I want to talk to you. I can't do what you want me to do. But it's a king's order. Well, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I have a greater king than your king. You see, he made up his mind. We need to make up our mind that we have a greater king than any president, than any governor, than anybody. And that's why we're Christians. And he says in verse 9, And now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the universe. Underline that. God brought Daniel. As God brings you and God brings me. God's in control. You seen Babylon? To chastise the people of God. Chastening the people of God. Now look at the verse 10. The superintendent's here, verse 10. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, Listen, Daniel, I fear my lord, the king. Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, he'll wipe me out. He'll cut my head off. If he finds out that I'm letting you eat vegetables and drink water and not wine, man, it's my head. But think about what he's saying here. He appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than your young men that are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. Listen, it's not only you. There's other young guys here. They're going to eat the king's food and drink the wine. And then the king's going to look at you and say, well, what happened to these guys? And I have to say, well, I gave them permission not to eat what you said for them to eat. And I can't do that. But Daniel prayed. And Daniel waited so cool about this, verse 11. And so Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Listen, give us 10 days. That's all we want, 10 days. 10 is a number of grace too. Give us 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Notice he's challenging, he's making a request. He says, then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of those other young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. And you can say whatever you want to say. I love that. Daniel's confidence in who? In his God. If God said it, he's going to do it. Verse 14. And so he consented with them 
Daniel and his friends in this matter and tested them for 10 days. He says, 10 days is not a long time. Not 30, it's 10 days. Let's see what happens. And then he says in verse 15, and at the end of 10 days, their features appear better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Man, God blows them away. He looks at these guys. Man, these guys are better looking than these guys. They're drinking the wine. They're eating the pork. They're doing all these things. And look, they're not even better in countenance. And look at these guys. They've been eating and not drinking wine. And not eating the meals that the Babylonians eat. And look at their appearance is better than anybody else. Why? God's hand was over them, watching over them, just like he's watching over you, watching over me. His hand is over the whole church here, watching us. What he wants us to do in our community, what he wants us to do in the world. Man, we need more of you today than ever before in the church. Difficult days are coming, and the church needs to be strong. And we, like Daniel, need to make a stand And say for me, like Joshua said in Joshua 24, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You do what you do, but as a church, we're going to stand in righteousness and in holiness. Thus, the steward took away their portion of the delicacies and the wine, and they were to drink and gave them vegetables. So here he's convinced, verse 17. And for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature, in wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. He chooses Daniel to be the main person. And what is he going to do? He's going to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's visions and his dreams, just like God called him to do. God was preparing Daniel for the future. 70 years, 70 years Daniel would be there on the 68th year. We'll see that later. Daniel was walking one day and said, you know what? We've been here 68 years. And God said, 70 years. Well, what's going on? And he says in chapter 9, we'll get there. He spends 20 verses he spends praying on his knees, confessing his sin. And as he's praying and confessing his sin, an angel comes along and he speaks to him. He says, listen, this is what's going to happen in the future. Seventy years you'll be here, but there's 490 years that have to be fulfilled. Which what? 483 years are fulfilled when Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem on a donkey from the 490, one year left, and that's when the Antichrist comes and fulfills the last seven years of world history. And listen, we're just about there. Just about there. The only thing that is lacking is the rapture of the church right now, biblically. That's all. For the church to be taken. And when that takes place, Like Daniel, God appointed Daniel to the things that were going to be happening, things that were going to be coming. And on the 68th year, he remembered because nothing had happened. And God said, hey, listen, it's going to happen. And it did happen. Just as God had said, he used Daniel to go ahead and do all kinds of understanding and visions and dreams. And then he says, verse 18, And now at the end of the days, the three years concluded, 
when the king had said that they should be brought in. See, he wants to see them. Come on in. Three years hasn't seen them. Bring them in. I want to see the difference. He says, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before King Nebuchadnezzar. So here now King watching to see if he's obeyed and watching to see the difference in the countenance of these four Hebrews and then the other young men that are there. And then he says, verse 19, and then the king interviewed them. He wanted to see their knowledge, their wisdom, to see exactly what he command he gave if they follow his command for the trainers. Then king interviewed them, and among them, all none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. There was nobody like the four. God put him there, and Daniel was the chief. How about you? You want to be a Daniel? Dare to be a Daniel. I want to be a Daniel. I want God to use my life among the heathens. I want to give the gospel to people. I want people to hear that Jesus is on the throne, and that Jesus is coming again. And what we're facing today is part of prophecy, and this is what God said in his word. And Daniel was not only responding, but Daniel was in a place where God had said it in the past, what would take place, and he and his friends are fulfilling, notice, prophecy. Fulfilling prophecy, verse 20, he says. And then he says, In all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, And all the astrologers who were all around. Imagine that nobody in the whole kingdom was like Daniel and his three friends. Nobody. And there was hundreds and thousands of Babylonians. Four men. God always uses a remnant. And today God has a remnant. There's a remnant that God's going to take to heaven. And there is also, after the remnant, those people that are going to be left behind. And they're going to see the Antichrist. And the only way out of this world will be by being beheaded. The Bible says, read it in the book of Revelation. By beheaded. They'll have to be beheaded. But the church that has been the remnant, when that trumpet sounds... And the Lord stands, the Bible says he's been sitting, and the only time he stood up was when Stephen, remember, was stoned to death. He stood up and said, Stephen, come on up here. And the next time he will stand, he will come for his church. He will come halfway and take his church to heaven. And in the tribulation period, whoever dies and goes to heaven will be coming back at the second coming, riding on white horses, the Bible says, to defeat the world. Going against mainstream society to walk with God isn't easy, but we hope that Daniel's example will spur you on in a life of wholehearted, unwavering devotion. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's message, God's Chosen Vessel, in its complete form, just call us at 800-634-9165, and for a donation of $5 or more, we'll send a copy to you. 
Now, to further invigorate your faith walk, we'd like to offer you the entire Men of the Bible series we're currently airing. Rawls' 20-part study will fill you with assurance of God's power and direction as you follow Him in humble surrender. Available on either CD or thumb drive, this collection of lessons explores the spiritual legacies of faith greats like Abraham, Joseph, and Peter. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order all's 20-message Men of the Bible series. And we'll send your CD collection for a gift of $26 or a flash drive for $21. That's 800-634-9165. You can also write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are blessed by your generous partnership. Each contribution helps us reach more people with the knowledge of how to serve God faithfully every day. Next time, as we continue this Men of the Bible series, we'll draw more inspiration from Daniel's extraordinary faith. Join us for assurance that when you face opposition for your relationship with the Lord, He'll strengthen and bless your devotion. Here's Rawl now with a closing comment. And then finally, he says, Verse 21, and thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus, Cyrus of Persia. He was the king of Persia. He's the one that would actually conquer Babylon in 539 B.C. And we're going to see that later. But hey, let's get together and let's pray. And let's ask God to use each one of us individually so that we can see God not only on the throne, but we can see people get saved your loved ones, your friends, and that you would surrender to Jesus and get rid of the world in your life. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.